This week's episode of Aussie Tech Edge is brought to you by Start New Company. Register your company immediately today with ASIC. ABN, TFN, GST registration is also available directly from the portal. Also set up your family trust and self-managed superannuation fund and more. All at startnewcompany.com.au. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash startnewco and keep an eye out for our regular specials. Start your new company now within 10 minutes of lodgement. All legal company documentation provided after registration. startnewcompany.com.au. Also brought to you by athwebhosting.com.au. All our servers are operating on SSD drives, immediate activation, SSL certificates, Aussie support, domain registration, and more. Easy install WordPress, Joomla, Drupal, and 300 other one-click installations. Generous space and bandwidth, auto backups, WordPress help and maintenance plans are also available on contact. If your webpage is important for your business or your life, contact us today. Aussie support, secure services, athwebhosting.com.au. And now for the show. Welcome to episode 698 of the Aussie Tech Cares, recorded on the 15th of October, 2020. I'm your host, Jason Oakley, and this is my co-host, Will Tomkinson. Hey, Will. Hey, mate. How's it been? It was great until I woke up this morning. Oh, you shouldn't do that, man. Mm. That's the worst thing you could do. My phone decided that it didn't want to be part of the living realm anymore. Well, well how long you had that one for? It was the Note 5. Got them when they come out, so what's that? Five years. Five years? Yep. Four, four years, something like that. <clears throat> but um, so you're obviously going to get one of the newly announced Apple iPhones that doesn't even come with a charger or, or any other cable or headphones or yeah, anything. That's the one because I'm going to have a million cables and chargers laying around for that. Being a, being so <laughs> deeply into the Apple infrastructure that I am. <laughs> um. So yeah. So I looked around. Like it died completely. Like it had 85 percent charge last night. When I went to bed. And at like three o'clock this morning, it beeped at me. Why are you beeping? And look at it, and it's like one percent charge. I'm like, okay. Um, so I think the battery's completely collapsed. Uh, put, plug it into the charge, and it comes up with the little charging icon for about five seconds, and then goes off, and that's it. So you just pop the back off and take the battery out and put another one in. Yeah, this is the only model where they decided, hey, you can't do that. <laughs> this is also the I only, can't do that with any of my recent phones. Th- this is also the one where they decided, hey, you don't need an SD card, oh, and you don't need to have um, uh, HDMI output on your on your phone either. That, for some reason, they disabled the HDMI output that's on every other model except this one. <laughs> and yeah, it doesn't have a, a micro it's SD card amazing. that's in every other model except this one. So anyway, but yeah, so I'm getting the new, well, relatively new, the Xiaomi uh, Note. Uh, nine, um, nine, which has only been out since like March, so it's a relatively new phone. They're on Kogan at the moment, 128 gig models, 238 or something like that. So, yeah, I've got my daughter, a Xiaomi Mi 9, I think it was, and she loves it. She mm. was iPhone, iPhone, got to have iPhone, and then she's like, you know, I'm sick of this. Can we try something else? And we 
went to JB and Officeworks and we found it at Officeworks, good price, and she loves it. She's mm. like, I'm never going back to that other crap again. There was, I was, to, I was nearly going to get, because there's three, there's the, nine, the Note 9, the Note 9C and the Note 9 Pro. The only difference between the Note 9 and the Note 9C is one's, they're all octa-core, but the Note 9 is the low-end. Um, it has four 2-gig processors and four 1.8s, whereas the C and the Pro both have 2.2s and 2-gigs. So they have slightly faster processors, but it's, I mean, it's negligible. And the only real difference in the Pro is it has um, 6 gig of system RAM instead of 4 gig of system RAM. So, uh, but it's 399. Um, four is enough for anyone. And it's 6 point, like, one five inch screen on the normal one and like 6.25 or something on the Pro. So that's slightly different, but effectively, you know, really, um, for the extra 100 and whatever it was, 140 bucks, 150 bucks, I couldn't really justify 2 gig yeah. of RAM effectively. You know, that's primarily the only difference. I could have got the C, which would have still given me the 4 gig of RAM, but would have given me the faster processor, and that was like 299 so it was an extra like 60 bucks. And I, uh, I honestly, for what I do, really? it's not it's not a thing, you know. I'm, I don't game on it. Like if it was my primary device and I was using it as like, which you can do, use them as a mobile workstation then yeah, I probably would have spent the extra and got the faster one. But as it is, it's already like four times faster than the phone I've got. And the phone <laughs> I've got does everything I want it to do. So, <laughs> you know, I'm going to have... It's all backed up to the cloud, of course. Um, well, I back it up every fortnight anyway. Um... I always surprise my local carrier. <laughs> when I go in there to upgrade to another phone, they're like, okay, we've been through all the sales bill and everything, so... Where's your phone? We'll transfer the data across. I'm like, no, you're not. Right. Like, why not? I said, look, I just did a factory reset. Hmm. What about your photos and your games and apps and data? It's in the cloud. That's why the cloud exists to hold all that there. I get my new phone. I go home, put on a Wi-Fi, log in, and then I just wait and it downloads everything. See, I don't. I, I back mine up to my server because 95% of the stuff on there, I'll never want again. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I just put it on the server to have, and then if I ever wanted, I can go get it rather than so many it photos of like a serial number on the uh, back of a monitor or the model of the yep. uh, print cartridges that I get for the <laughs> exactly. printer. I'm like, why the hell have I still got these? Or my Wi Fi password from seven years ago. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I just I generally back my phone up every well, I try to back it up every month. In reality, I probably back it up every three months, but. I only backed it up two weeks ago, and there's a really not much in there. So if I can't revive it, not a huge deal, because um, yep. all my contacts and all that will restore when I, because they're all saved on Google, so they will restore by default. Um, there might be a handful of text messages, but there's nothing important there. There might be a couple of weeks with the pictures, but it's been fairly quiet, so I haven't taken a lot of pictures recently. Anyway, so it, it, the last few weeks, it's not a huge deal if I lose the data. I'm gonna. I got a mate who does phone repairs. I'm gonna ask him if he can look at it and see if it's recoverable. But I'm not stressed if it's not. Might be able to use it for a spare. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping I can get it to power back up because then I've got a effectively a disposable video camera that I can use out in the shed and record stuff. And if I happen to drop it or smash it or break it or you yeah, know, it's, stream Twitch. It's not a big deal, you know. Um, if the battery's stuffed, I don't mind. I plug it into a. I'll plug it into an external power pack and and just run it off that. That doesn't worry me if I can yeah. get it to boot up. Um, but yeah, then I've got a cheap camera I can use for 
for whatever and not have to keep my good one for when I want to do really good quality stuff like if I'm recording Bub or recording something useful but if I just want to record a YouTube video which is only 1080p anyway then yep. those will do it without a problem at all so I tell you what Joaka <coughs> got me onto aka Dutchie now you know the quad lock cases mm-hmm. that's brilliant I had in my car because I want it mounted up near the windscreen and I had a um, one that's just stuck onto the windscreen and then after a few months clomp fell off the sticky stuff on the back doesn't work anymore throw that one away I found another one stuck it on, on the windscreen two months later clomp fell off and can't put it back on again but these ones they feel like super glue onto the windscreen and when you hop in the car you just put it in there and go click and it's locked in, and then damn thing won't come off no matter what happens. Yeah, I got a magnetic yeah. holder that's like that. It just locks on there, and it's got yeah. the case has got four. There's actually there's an old case I pulled apart, but it's got four neodymium magnets in the centre of it oh, yeah. that run around this in a circle, and the plate that it goes onto has got four neodymium magnets. Oh. So <laughs> it, yeah, like I've I've actually had to screw it. I literally had to screw it to the dashboard. Yep. Because the 3M double-sided strips that come with the magnets are that strong that if you pull it instead of sliding it, you'll actually completely... You'll tear... You know the double-sided tape has got the foam in the middle? Yeah. You'll literally tear the foam off down the centre of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so You're yeah. You're saying it's too good. <laughs> it's, it, it, yeah, it actually is too good. So I've actually... Um, yeah, I actually double-sided... I literally screwed mine to my dash. Or actually, I screwed it to my old radio which i've got to take out at some point because it doesn't work anyway so yeah <laughs> it's not a big deal that it's screwed to that but yeah um but i thought the cases are interesting how they have like you can put it anywhere on it because it's got metal strips on it so it'll stick regardless yeah, but if you get yeah. a smack bang in the center it hits with those neodymiums and that's it it ain't it they're not moving you know what the funny <laughs> thing was about my purchase experience though i go to their website and they do their pop-up Hi, would you like to get 5% off whatever you buy here or whatever it was? Five or 10, I think it was 5%. Um, type in your email address and we'll send you a code. Okay, well, I'm definitely going to buy it, so I might as well get a bit cheaper. Type an email address, hit send. Okay, what would you like to buy? You go what you want to buy, log in with the same email address, and you still got the code, so you copy the code, paste it in there, and then you go purchase, and it goes, good, you purchase that. Next day, Hey, don't forget, you've got this discount code. You should use it on your first purchase. You'll get 3% off, 5% off. I'm like, I, I used that yesterday. Why do you not know this? It was your system that I got it from and typed it into. Delete. Next day. Hey, your time's running out. You better use your discount code. I'm like, are you serious? And on the third day, it's like, well, that's it. You type, this is the last day you can use the code. So... You better use it because it's going to run out tomorrow. And I'm like, I used it three days ago. Why don't you know that? Yeah, I think it's just an automated <laughs> thing they do regardless. Oh, it's hilarious. What's kind of annoying is because I had the, I bought the watch, the, the Fit the smartwatch. Um, yeah, where is it? Uh, it's on the, well, my phone's dead. So I, I'm not, uh, the phone I'm borrowing, the battery's stuffed in. It's Son's old phone that the battery died in as well. 
it goes like 100%, 99%, 98, 97, 95, 85, 60, 20, 4, flat. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm not bothering installing any apps. I'm just using it for a week until my still record all up. this stuff when they on the, on the watch. Time. Yeah, I wear it during the day, but yeah. there's no oh, point. Right. Yeah, there's no point having my sleep tracking and stuff on because I can't <laughs> look at it. <laughs> But um, you can't I, sleep while you're waiting for that <laughs> brand new phone. So, but yeah, I got that, and I got the scales, and I got my dash cam, all the yummy stuff because I had a ten percent off using the robot code like all last month. I and, saw they sent out another code recently and, for like five percent off. Yeah, but it didn't. The, the robot code applied to everything. The one that yep. got out at the moment only applies to some stuff. Okay. And we talked about it three or four times last month. I was like, should I get a new phone? Like, should, oh, No, it'll be right till Christmas. We'll get one at Christmas. It'll be your Christmas present. So my phone waits until like three days after the code expires and goes, hey, guess what? I'm not working anymore. <laughs> Christmas came early. <laughs> so that was annoying. But yeah. But, um, it's not as bad as not getting your furniture delivered because you don't live in the middle of Brisbane, right? <laughs> oh, a friend, of mine actually, a friend of mine's actually moving um, tomorrow. And uh. they couldn't get the furniture removalist because all <laughs> the problem is a lot of people are moving in the state and all the trucks are tied up in quarantine. Oh. So there's there's a it's million... Like... Yeah, they're, they're like all the trucks are like fully loaded sitting in quarantine waiting to, to go to where they have to go. Oh, so... Did you imagine <laughs> if you just started moving house before the quarantine <laughs> happened and your stuff is stuck in trucks for the next six months and you move to your new house and you're like... Well, here I am. Well, I've got nothing. That's what happened to my nephew. They moved from um, uh, up north, town up north, yep. that, that way. <laughs> I've got a complete blank. <laughs> you know, they moved from there down to Victoria. The first week, everything started to go pear shaped, <laughs> and um, their furniture was supposed to follow them down the next week. Because yep. they had to get down there and actually get into the house and get all ready and get the keys and like wasn't quite ready to move in, so they booked the furniture truck for the following week. And yeah, by the time the furniture truck got down there, I think it was like six hours later or something, they closed the border. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they got down there, but the tra- the guys in the truck couldn't get back up. Oh no! So and they're like, um, I literally was just there, like, and and, and then they're in Swan, <laughs> they're in Swan Hill, which is on the river, which is the yeah. border, and they're like literally at the bridge, and they can't cross the bridge. They're like, I'm just, oh, I just wow. get over there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's screwed everybody up. But got uh, a couple of surprises today. Surprise! 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 Game Invaders. The theory and understanding of computer games and programming interfacing the 6502, both from uh, Shalene 50K. You and your hard copies. No one. Man, I've got so much books now. <laughs> Needed a bookshelf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've like been doing another competition just to win a bookshelf. I've got a bookshelf, but I've got no books. So, <laughs> does, does Kogan deliver here? I don't know. Does anybody deliver there? It's furniture. <laughs> I have to say, um, I have a heap of these diode, uh, diode magazines. Oh, right. I've had, I've got all of them since I've been a subscriber since issue one. Yep. And um, I'm actually building a rack for them because there's now, what are we up to? Like fifty something. Yep. Um, so there's a lot now sitting on the shelf. So I, I kind of need to. Um, you, you need a nice rack. Is that what you're saying? I'd love a good rack. <laughs> Nothing like it. 
Spice Rack? Spicy Rack. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> there'll be very few people who understand that, and even less people who watch the video to get the, to get that. <laughs> Uh, but um, yeah, so we're coming up close. We're on six ninety eight. Got two episodes to go to our seven hundredth. Yep, and don't so. forget you can uh, send donations to us now as well. You can, and um, I don't know why you'd want to, but you can. <laughs> so you can do it on. There's there's several ways. Uh, Patreon dot com. There's one. There it goes. Yeah, Patreon dot com slash Aussie Techheads is the primary way. There's several different sure. tiers there you can choose from. Um, there's Kofi or Co Coffee, which is ko-fi.com slash Aussie Techheads. You can um, either donate there, and I think you can do a single payment. Um, yeah. they, they're kind of changing, I noticed, I logged on today, and things are changing, so I'm not 100% sure what they're up to at the moment. Oh. <laughs> and, of course, there is actually, um, you can actually donate via PayPal too if you uh, don't want to subscribe to anything or give any bills. You can just do a direct PayPal um, and who have we got PayPal, that's it? a Patreon? So our Patreons, one. yeah, we've got Kate. Bouncing Yellow Skull, who, please don't change your name. Um, Daniel and Amanda, I, I should put a Bouncing Yellow Skull on top of that. <laughs> Daniel and Amanda D. The Bouncing Yellow Skull <laughs> reminds me a bit of Cauldron. Yeah. With the pumpkin. David Bird and Chris, and um, one of our PayPal subscribers is... Uh, oh, it says Coffee is donated as a Patreon there. <laughs> yeah. I wish it again. Andrew. <laughs> Andrew G. Is a, uh, for some reason, didn't update that text. But anyway, I'll fix that for next week. Um, so, you, don't, you know, obviously, it, it helps us out. Um, we, uh, we're we not sponsored in any way. So, all that stuff helps us out. And, um, you know, help, might help Glenn buy a computer that works. And might help, um, we might have a Christmas party. And might, you know, if we get enough enough uh, call for it, we might be able to hire out a hall and have a get together. If and, I can get over the border. Yeah, well, there's that. Although we'll have new um, new politicians by then, so it should be shouldn't be a problem. Oh, you've got an election coming up. Yeah, it's, I don't know when it is next week or something. I don't keep oh. up with that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, but no one the everyone's probably stupid enough to vote the stupid woman back in anyway. So <laughs> what can you do? Yeah. Not much. So we do a bit of news then. No, <laughs> we've done everything else. I might as well do news. <laughs> Following up on speculation from Eric Raymond and ZDNet contributing editor Stephen J. Vaughan Nichols, open, soft, open source advocate Jack Wallen imagines what would happen if Microsoft just switch over altogether from Windows to a Linux distro named Microsoft Linux. <laughs> a full-on Linux distribution released by Microsoft would mean less frustration for all involved. Microsoft could shift its development efforts on the Windows 10 desktop to a desktop that would be more stable, dependable, flexible, and proven. Microsoft could select from any number of desktops for its official flavor. No, no. KDE, <laughs> Pantheon, Xforce, Mint, Cinnamon, the list goes on. Microsoft could use that desktop as it is or contribute to it and create something that's more in line with what its users are accustomed to. Users would very quickly learn what it's like to work on a desktop computer and not have to deal with the daily frustrations that come with the Windows operating system. Updates are smoother and more trustworthy. It's secure and the desktop just makes more sense. Microsoft's been doing everything in its power to migrate users from the standard client-based software to cloud and other hosted solutions, and its software cash cows become web-centric and subscription-based. All these Linux users could still work with the Microsoft 365 and any other software as a service solution it has to offer all from the comfort and security of the Linux operating system. 
if Microsoft plays its cards right, the company could retheme KDE, yay, yeah. or just about any Linux desktop in such a way that it's not all different from Windows 10 interface. Play this outright, and consumers might not even know the difference. A Windows 11 would simply be the next evolution of the Microsoft desktop operating system. Speaking of winning, IT pros would spend less time dealing with viruses, malware, and operating system issues, and more time on keeping the network and servers that powering that network running and secure. Microsoft would be seen as finally shipping an operating system worthy of the consumer. The consumer would have a desktop operating system that didn't deliver as many headaches as it did in moments of actual productivity and joy, and the Linux community would finally dominate the desktop. You know, that's really that's interesting. When, when you type in uh, Microsoft Linux, yep, brings up Azure virtual machines. Yeah, because they're running on Linux. <laughs> <laughs> what do you get? You get a free Azure account. And you won't yep. be charged until you choose an upgrade. You get 12 months for free. You get $280 credit, and it's always free. So, yeah, you get Linux virtual machines, 750 hours. Listed first. Listed first, then Windows virtual machines. Yep. <laughs> then you can get blob storage. I always need to store my blob somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I, just I thought do that, that every was... night when I go to bed, yeah, store my just... blob. <laughs> Uh, I just thought it was funny that that was the first, literally the first thing that comes up when you type in <laughs> Windows Linux. <laughs> then it comes up, install the Windows subsystem for Linux. Yeah. But yeah, uh, it, was, it was just funny. I think that's a good idea, the Microsoft Linux distro, why not? Then all the gaming platforms would switch over to Linux as well, which means more support for more people and... I mean, be win, 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 win for everyone. Well, realistically, all Windows has to do to be Linux is take the GUI out and replace it because it's it's based on Linux anyway. So half the yep. work's done for them. <laughs> all they need to do is take out their FAT32 and their kernels or their... Um, uh, Last time I took like out the FAT32, I ended up in jail. <laughs> Last time I took out the kernel. Um, and, <laughs> you know, and just put a put a uh, Linux, you know, instead of running, yeah, Microsoft Windows, you, the whole back end's already there. Just change the GUI from a, from a, what do they do? From a, what is it, Win64 to a, whatever it is now? Linux kernel, yeah. Yeah, whatever they call this. You could even run Wine for a while just to transition people across. Yeah, I mean, there once, are... Once you finish, you'll get less people whining, yeah. right? Right? There's not a lot now that, and I'm, I'll do a story that will actually break this rule even more. There's a lot of not now that doesn't run under Linux anymore. Mm. There, there was, even up until a couple of years ago, a reason to run Windows instead of Linux, and it was things like mixers and webcams and like doing streaming and stuff really wasn't... I mean, uh, take the That's games... because the vendors. Blame the vendors who are not writing the drivers mm. um, or hiding them like yeah, certain graphics right. cards companies or gaming is the other thing because exactly as you said some of the graphics drivers and stuff were issues but that's becoming so much less of an issue now that uh, it's almost you i'm trying to think if there's any reason at all now i couldn't switch over there's actually yeah there's one program and it's a video editing program i use and that literally comes down to i could learn something else to edit videos yeah but like everything else i use operates perfectly fine under linux now so Realistically, um, I could probably swap to... Uh, I don't know if my games... Yeah, they, I think they all do. I think everything I run is Linux compatible, so... A lot of Steam stuff is. Mm. 
So there's really probably no reason I couldn't switch over to Linux other than the fact I, I'm kind of just used to Windows now. You've got a bit blurry, son. So. Yeah, that's that's the win Microsoft webcam driver, see? <laughs> of course it is. Yeah. There we go. Well, let's hear about your um, story. So, yeah, as I was saying, um, we already know how uh, Windows has like it likes having verified drivers especially windows 7 and 8 it, like if you didn't have a verified driver you, you pretty much couldn't install it they did um loosen that grip a little bit for windows 10 so a lot of the it just warned you if it wasn't a verified driver and a lot of the time you can still um install it but what they've done uh with yesterday's patch tuesday with the day before's patch tuesday <laughs> Um, Microsoft has failed to change in the way Windows verifies driver software that could spur a rise in driver errors for Windows 10 users. Microsoft details um, the driver-related error message users of all supported versions of Windows 10 and server might see installing after the patch. The errors will happen if Windows can't verify the publisher of a driver software or driver lacks a signature. Hmm. When installing a third-party driver, you might receive the error can't verify the publisher's driver. You might also see the error no signature was present when attempting to view the signature. Um, according to Microsoft, the error occurs when an improperly formatted catalog is identified. Starting with this release, Windows will require the validity, <laughs> the validity of the encoded PSKs or packages, basically, in catalogs. Um, and if they can't find it, they'll throw error messages and they'll stop the driver from working. Well, that's handy. The hilarious part about it is the Surface Pro X apparently has audio drivers and video drivers that aren't certified. So every <laughs> Surface Pro X is bricked at the moment. <laughs> so well Put done. Linux there. on it. <laughs> but um, so basically, that's one of the reasons I was saying I might even have to move over to Linux because I use um, uncertified drivers for my audio mix. Like you were installing uh, last night. ASIO. Um, ASIO stuff, which isn't certified. That's fantastic. It's fast. It's low latency. It's it's brilliant software. And I use it I use it all the time. I have for years, which is primarily why I haven't been using Linux because up until recently, it never supported Linux. Now it supports Linux and Windows has dropped support for it. <laughs> <laughs> so I may have to go to Linux because if it starts throwing errors about my mixer and my mic and... Um, well, you, know, you didn't want to go to Windows 10 or anything anyway. Yeah, well, I have this new system came with 10, so I've been on 10 for a while, despite my best efforts to not be. Um, <laughs> at work, I'm still running 7. No, I haven't bothered with that one. But uh, yeah, so if this, I mean, admittedly, in my case, I've turned updates off. I haven't, up, since this system was installed, I haven't updated because um, I find it breaks more than it fixes, and this is a classic example of that. Yep. So it might be an idea to either roll back and non-install this update and then turn updating off um, if you've got slightly obscure hardware. The other thing it'll do it is some of these capture cards. Um, if you've got like a lot of these, these USB capture cards, for example, they're not certified drivers. So if you're using those to capture your games and things like that, um, well, that one's not. I do have one. I do have a... Um, uh, what's the one I've got that is the um, Razer Synapse one? It's it's a certified one, but uh, a lot of those cheaper ones, you know, this the difference is that Razer Synapse is like a four hundred dollar capture card, and this is like a forty dollar capture card. Yeah. And 
90% of the time, this will do exactly what you want it to do, but not now because you can't use a driver for it. <laughs> so... I saw another update too that was mentioned in the article briefly that Microsoft was working with HP to stop their um, battery manager from making the HP batteries start to bulge in the laptops. Well, there's actually a thing for HP, because I've got a HP laptop. There's actually things for those. You can actually install an app um, that monitors the state of the battery. And if, you, if your battery actually fails within three years, I think it is, I'll replace it under warranty. Highly recommended. Yeah, so it's not a bad idea. And then it'll tell you if yours is one. Like, if they get a particular battery from a batch, they'll, and they haven't had that batch before, they'll recall that batch. And then the app yep. will pop up and go, hey, your battery's been recalled. So that's actually not a bad thing. It's handy to know. Mm. Huawei Technologies is in talks with Digital China Group and other suitors to sell parts of its Honor smartphone unit in a deal that could fetch up to 25 billion yuan or 5.2 billion Australian dollars. People with knowledge of the matter said embattled Huawei is resetting its priorities in the face of US sanctions. I'll focus on its higher end Huawei phones rather than the Honor brand, which is aimed at young people and the budget conscious. Yes, it's to be sold have yet to be finalized, but could include Honor's brand research and development capabilities and related supply chain management business. The deal may be an all cash sale and could end up smaller worth somewhere between 15 billion yuan and 25 billion yuan. Digital China, the main distributor for Honor phones, has emerged as a front runner, but other prospective buyers include Chinese electronics maker TCL and rival smartphone maker Xiaomi Corp. Hmm. The sources declined to be identified. Kyo Ming Chi, the analyst at TF International Securities, has said that any sale by Huawei of the Honor smartphone business would be a win win situation for the Honor brand, its suppliers, and China's electronics industry. If Honor is independent from Huawei, its purchase of components will no longer be subject to the US ban on Huawei. This will help Honor's smartphone business and the suppliers. The budget phone industry operates on thin margins, and Honor booked less than 5 billion yuan in net profit in revenue of about 70 to 8 billion last year. So, for different company brands themselves as Huawei, then they can get into the US market, but if Huawei, who is actually them, can't. Yeah. But Xiaomi can, and Xiaomi do far more than. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to think about that too much. Tell me good, Huawei bad. Hmm. <laughs> Makes you wonder what Huawei did to annoy people so that it said, you're banned. It makes me wonder how their society is functioning, given that like 90% of everything 4 and 5G is, is Huawei. So yep. <laughs> I still don't understand how they're getting around that. Well, they're not because... Like, the funny thing is, I think when they say they're banned, they're literally talking about like their phones. Because you see advertised, you still see their... Cell um, towers run on Huawei. Yeah. You still see their modems and you see their all their stuff still being advertised. So I think it might just literally be their phones you can't use. I don't know. Because but, they're spying on you, that's why. Yeah. Them Chinese spy people. Well, I know that Pakistan... I know, that was, um, that was TikTok. Pakistan banned TikTok the other day. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, no, no more TikTok for you. <laughs> they didn't say why. They're just like, no, nah, you can't have TikTok anymore. <laughs> just don't like what the kids are doing these days. And did you see? Okay, I'll see if I can quickly find a story. China secretly opened up um, their internet. Ah. Oh. They didn't tell anybody. So the Great Firewall of China's gone. Um. Yeah. They. They literally just. Well, they're trialing it apparently. 
Um, I'm seeing if I can. I read a story about it the other day, and I'm just trying to see if I can find it again. But they're literally saying that they. Um, there we go. They decided just to turn it off and see what people see how people use the internet without the firewall there. <laughs> But didn't um, tell anybody, so they still go yeah, about how they used to. That's right. Uh, apparently, they did it back we in... We switched it off. It didn't make any difference. This is great. We don't have to block anything. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Um, um, I don't know. But basically, yeah, so they started back in Mar- in May. Um, and... Uh, I'm just very quickly trying to speed read the story. But yeah, they started back in May, and they're basically saying that um, they got sick of people using VPNs all the time, so they wanted to open it up and see if people would legitimately use it. But yeah, so I thought that was interesting. John is saying, couldn't routers and switches and things also snoop on things? Yeah, yes. no. Like for, uh, no, no, not them, just no. phones. It's yeah. only a phone thing. Nothing else can snoop. Mm. Not those servers that they said they found a tiny little chip hidden in the motherboard somewhere that was sending info back to China. It can't be like Furbies or anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, just as long as my Google Assistant isn't sending information to anybody, well, they are. then there would be trouble. They are. They've, t- they've said they have. It's the same as Amazon records, records I know, that it. Was very said it. I know, and it's like... <laughs> There's we like hear smart, and see everything. Don't worry about smart it. Smart TVs and everything. They're like, it's in their terms of service. It literally says we will spy on you, and people are okay with that. But when they come out and say it, because <laughs> nobody don't reads, say it. Nobody la, reads. La, 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 not listening. It's not listening. like um, uh, iTunes for the last forever has yeah. had in its terms of service that we will screen capture your usage and we'll screen capture whatever you're doing while ever the app's open. <laughs> they've, they've said that openly for the last 15, 20 years, however long it's been a thing. Yeah. And so, whatever you've got iTunes open, it not only monitors what you're doing in iTunes, it monitors everything you do. But uh, people still use iTunes. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't either, but, you know. I've seen people use Spotify. Speaking of Apple, um, as we touched on earlier in the show, the new iPhone is going to be sensational. It's also going to be cheap. Well, cheaper. Cheaper they, than what? They, they, Why are you me? No, no. <laughs> when I say cheap, I mean they've got cheap. They're no longer including including chargers or earphones or because they're under battery the, or screen. <laughs> <right>? or... <laughs> you just get the shell. Um, <laughs> this aluminium milled shell. That's all you need. Trust us. <laughs> but they're they're under the assumption that everybody's going to have a charger um, that's capable of the new, you know, the the version 3 quick charge, which is, what's that, 70 watts at peak, something like that. Whereas the old, the the original ones are about 20 watts, and then the mid-range ones are about 50 watts, and the new ones are like 70. And unless you've had a new phone in the last... 12 or 18 months, you're not going to have a powerful enough um, a powerful enough charger because they, they haven't existed up until 18 months ago. This doesn't say how many watts. It'll say amps. It'll have output 5 volts something amp. It'll either be one, one amp, so that's not suitable. No, this was uh, from an iPod. Yeah, I was going to say, it's an old, it's an old um, phone. A trickle charge and you'll get there in a couple of days. Not necessarily, no. On a new phone, it won't. 
it, 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 at all. It will actually physically say this phone is now entering slow charge mode and it most likely won't fully charge it because the phone sitting there stationary uses more than that power supply can give it. Ah. <laughs> That's for these older phones. Like the, these, these older candy bar phones, they took like those one amp chargers. Mm-hmm. Then once you went into the, the first round of the smartphone, they went up into one and a half amp. And then as of like what I've got, the Note 5 and that sort of generation and the these sort of mid-range tablets, um, they'll use 2 amp, the same as like the Raspberry Pi and stuff like that. They use 2 amp chargers. But the new you one... prepared everything before. You're just pulling up <laughs> devices here like, I had all of this worked out like two hours ago. And one of these and one of those, you know, I had this case that, you know, it's got magnets and shit on it, man. It's all just here. I've got a table full of You should devices. see my table. I what to do with them, but they're there. Well, I've got you know, I've got a, I've got a Pi W there, or I've got the Pi One there, or I've got, uh, and but my my new my new USB pack comes with a USB three charger, so it's actually a two and a half amp power supply that comes with that. So, um, that would that would work, but yeah, they're making the assumption that all these everybody's got power supplies suitable for these things, and they don't. Um, and it's, it's an optional extra. You can also buy it for the low low price of. I think they said it was. $30 or something for a power pack yeah. for a, like $2 power pack yeah. um, which is just stupidly it's ridiculous um, so they're saying um, like even the USB 3 ports that you have like on, on any of your USB hubs that are blue so on the back of your computer or on power on hubs Blue is USB three. Um, USB three, yeah, pretty much. That's that's about right. My storage system <laughs> is on my desk. Um, <laughs> the USB three will deliver um, two amps, I believe, but not off your PC. It's limited to five hundred milliamps or something because physically the motherboard can't carry that sort of current. But if you've got a powered external hub, you can get a couple of amps out of that, and that will charge most things. Um, I got one that's got fast charge ports with some lightning drawn on them. Yeah, yeah, I've got that. But I got that like ten years ago. But, so what might have been fast ten years ago? Well, that's what I was going to say. I look at the one that I'm using now to run my webcam and stuff, and it's got seven ports. Five of them are just one amp ports, and two of them are fast charge ports at one and a half amps, which aren't suitable uh, as a fast charge port anymore. So. And by the way, John, at least he opens the packets and takes his stuff out and uses it. There's, not like there's Glenn. a funny joke with Glenn who buys lots and lots of stuff and fills up his his office drawers. And you're did. like, didn't you buy it? He's like, oh, man, I need to get the thing. And you're like, didn't you buy one of them a year ago? Yeah, it's, it's in the packet. I, I was speak, speaking to him a couple of weeks ago and he goes, oh, so you're saying how I like Windows 7. He goes, oh, I've got a copy of Windows 7 sitting here in a bag if you want. I'm like... <laughs> And Dude. it was on his desk, and he also has <laughs> Windows 3.195 XP NT. Uh, no, I just have, it was just coincidence that everything I just had here it was funny. I'm in the process of cleaning up, and I, I dumped them all here, so I knew where they were. But um, you don't clean up by making more mess. You know? <laughs> well, why not? It works for me. It's cleaning up. <laughs> yeah, cleaning up, cleaning up, moving everything from that table to this table. Yeah, that's <laughs> So, yeah, and not only are they not including power supplies, they're not even including earphones. Like, default earphones you get with devices only last maybe two years at a push if you use them regularly. So, I mean, I get that most people are going to be using earpods and wireless and Bluetooth stuff, but 
the older people who are coming through or just for sake of convenience a lot of the time, or if you know you're going to be on the phone for an extended period of time, a lot of people use hardwired ones. Um, although the they... The ones that you got in the drawer from your Sony Walkman back in 1980 weren't plugged in. I was going to say, no, they're going to... They don't have a, uh, a port on them. They're going to have to go through the USB port through the adapter thing, which means you can't charge your phone or while you're listening to music. But... Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, and they're, they're claiming that it's because it's going to save them X amount of money on shipping or, um, you know, uh, freight and storage costs and stuff like that. I mean, really? The, uh, somebody showed an unboxing. I think the that size, might be profit motive. Yeah. Somebody showed the, the box on an unboxing the other day and it's, the box is no smaller. It's the same size it's always been. So they're not... stuff in it. <laughs> it's just less stuff. Even the manual now is only like a, how to turn this phone on and then go to the internet to get the rest of the information. Like it's like a, a, a pamphlet. It's not yeah. even a, an instruction manual anymore. So... Brett's new phone's got a 45 watt charger, 9 amps. Which is 9 amps. Volts. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was saying. Like a lot of them now are, you know, if you use... Uh, and some of them, like they're a 50 watt charge so that they're, they're 10 amps and if you use the pads the the key pads for the wireless charging they can be up to like 75 or 80 watts the phone only gets 40 of that but the pad himself can use like 80 watts which is like 10 you know 15 20 amps so only do it while your solar energy is charging <laughs> uh, it sounds like a lot but it, it's not because it's such a low voltage but um yeah Depends on how many how many phones you've got charging at the same time on well the i mean key charges yeah, oh, well, yeah. I mean, especially if you've got, like, tablets and stuff, they, they really chew the power because they're so large. But, yeah, look, I don't know. I mean, that's a, another reason to not buy an iPhone, I suppose. Yep. <laughs> uh. NBN Co. and CSIRO have joined forces to better understand and prepare for Australia's evolving digital capability needs through a series of national research projects. The collaboration announced on Tuesday morning is set to combine the network builders' knowledge of broadband traffic patterns with the National Science Agency's analysis and modelling capabilities. The first research project under the partnership seeks to develop a better understanding of the skills, infrastructure and other support structures industries need to increase the adoption of digital technologies. CSIRO's Digital Arm Data 61 will perform the initial analysis using aggregated and de-identified NBN broadband traffic data, which, along with other economic, demographic, and geographic data, will be used to explore how households and businesses have used digital technologies for work, entertainment, and social connections during the coronavirus health crisis. The project will also examine how digital transformation efforts have progressed during the course of the pandemic and the impact of associated social distancing and travel restrictions. The initial analysis will function as baseline for the digital maturity and resilience of different industry sectors, business activities, jobs and households, and will be used in predictions around their ability to recover in a post-pandemic world. Co said the research may undercover the relative success of industries in adopting digital technologies and adapting to an evolving work environment. It will also provide additional perspectives on productivity during the pandemic. Embracing accelerated digitization of the economy and making the most of benefits of fast and reliable broadband will be crucial as we recover from the impacts of COVID-19. The challenges facing our nation are significant, which is why we must find innovative ways to support Australia's resilience and recovery. 
By working together with the CRO, we can transform underlying national broadband traffic data into high value insights to inform how Australia can drive and retain innovation, help ensure our industries are as productive as they can be and build resilience in our economy. Or you could take all that money and funnel it into the NBN to make the NBN work properly. No, don't be silly. I mean, the NBN Co isn't there to make the NBN good. <laughs> Clearly, they're there uh, to funnel. Did you see like eight eight hundred of their staff were paid two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year? Yeah, I'm in the wrong job. I know, right? Yeah, but politicians get paid too. So I mean, that's not saying much. <laughs> they shouldn't get paid. No, if they should get paid pay per good idea they have. So yeah, they'd never get paid. They'd be starving on the streets. Um, but yeah, look, it, I don't understand. I I struggle to understand. For those people that don't know from other countries, the NBN Co. It's a national broadband company in Australia that manages the network initially, and then outsources everything to everybody else to build over and then resell. And then you still get it wrong. Yes, <laughs> basically. And put people on lovely things like fibre to the curb and fibre to the node and fibre to the little house down the road that doesn't support your area, even though it supports the other 50 streets in your area. And then have a entire housing estate that you've just built in the modern area with all brand new houses and infrastructure and forget to put internet there, then give everybody 4G, but don't put a cell tower in the area. All that kind of stuff. They're good at that. <laughs> That's what it's for. 250 grand a year each. Ka-ching! Mm. Hard life. So, um, yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> I clearly, I'm, I'm, I'm on a basis that you pay somebody what they're worth, and ain't nobody worth that sort of money. No. <laughs> <laughs> but um, speaking of people who aren't worth anything, Yahoo. Yahoo. Ooh, that's 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 below the belt. Yahoo groups. Every time I hear Yahoo, I can think of is Yahoo serious in. Uh, <laughs> is it uh, Mr. Unbreakable or whatever it is where he goes through the Yahoo sign? Um, Yahoo Groups shut down for good on December 15th, 2020. All gone. Download your stuff now. You can get an archive of your group. It's. Um, I honestly thought they were already done. Um, back when Verizon bought them in 2017, I thought they shut groups. Well, I, I know they announced they were going to shut them they down. They wouldn't let you make any new ones. If you had existing ones, you could keep going for now, but it'd be email only and you couldn't access it through their web interface they used to have. Was that... They're just going to shut off completely. I thought that was Google Groups. They did no, the same, didn't using they? Yahoo Groups for our VZ um, emulator mailing list. Yeah. Because didn't Google do the same thing? They went, oh, you can cast out any more new groups, but the existing ones will stay open for a while. Uh, I don't know about the Google ones. Never you don't use so, them. But yeah, so basically, yeah, if you've got a Google group and you want to hang on to the stuff, um, apparently you can export the data directly or you can export it to other groups or you can do it to a Facebook page or a Reddit page that supports all that sort of stuff. So um, apparently. So yeah, I just thought that was interesting. I, I, it caught me by surprise because honestly, I didn't realize they were even still going. So <laughs> I yeah. almost failed to Well, think. it was it was e-groups. It was called eGroups, and then Yahoo bought them out and changed it to Yahoo Groups. Oh, okay. Company, and now they're just going to shut it all down. Yeah. Poor Brett said he's got fixed wireless to a house 20 kilometres from CBD of Capital City. Don't talk to me about MPN. Yeah, they're good, aren't they? They're on the ball, no doubt about them. Yeah. 
No doubt about them. What else you got, sir? You? No, I've got more. I got cars. We're supposed to be flying by now, but instead <laughs> we've managed to get something else that will have felt like science fiction a decade ago. Playing Xbox games on your fridge. Oh, yeah. That's right. Someone has managed to get Microsoft's X Cloud service running on a Samsung smart fridge. Instagram user Richard Mallard has managed this feat of modern engineering, sideloading the Android version of the Xbox, Xbox Game Pass onto his fridge. The app runs in portrait mode on Samsung's smart fridge, but games appear at the correct aspect ratio alongside cheese, beers, and whatever other essentials you store in the fridge. Keeping with the tradition of running Doom games on unusual hardware, Mallard picked Doom Eternal, a modern installment on the series. We've seen Doom running inside Minecraft recently even. Doom Eternal is the first game to arrive on Xbox Game Pass following Microsoft's acquisition of ZeniMax. While xCloud running on the smart fridge is certainly amusing, it also means that Microsoft's game streaming service is available on a fridge before it's launched on an iPad or an iPhone. Apple has been blocking services like xCloud and Stadia from iOS and iPadOS, but the company did offer an olive branch recently, which means Microsoft and others would be able to package cloud games into separate apps in the App Store. It was you, know, only, you want to play Doom on your fridge? It was only a matter of time, really, wasn't it? I mean, you've got a PC in your fridge. I mean, if you can play Doom on a birth control, uh, what is it, pregnancy test, you can play Doom on yeah. your fridge, surely. It's a, yeah. <laughs> It's uh, no, when you first the ones you feel sorry for who got the smart fridges like 10 years ago that you can't update, won't connect yeah. to anything anymore. The smart and it's fridges. just a screen that's stuck on your fridge that doesn't display anything now. When you started talking about that, I thought you were talking about um, about this Xbox fridge. Oh, that's a nice one. They um, they got monster in there, yeah. It's a somebody said they took apart the new Xbox whatever it's called, X or whatever it is, and they uh, discovered that this was what was inside it. <laughs> <laughs> Banana for scale. <laughs> so, no, that's a mi- miniature fridge. It's like, that's all miniature food. Yeah. So, I thought that was funny. But, yeah, I, I mean, I'm actually surprised it's taken so long for that. So I, I saw somebody did tic-tac-toe on them, and when, yep. every time someone would go to the fridge, they'd do one, and then somebody else would come to the fridge, and they'd do another bit. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so, that was pretty cool. Um, but I saw on um, Facebook Marketplace the other day, LG Smart Fridge or Samsung Smart Fridge, um, 18 months old, just bought a house, won't fit into the new house, paid ah. like fourteen or $15,000 for it 18 months ago, will sell for 3000 Jeez. <laughs> it's like, I yeah, that, that was a good investment. Lucky you spent ten grand plus on that. <laughs> And you know what I saw on Facebook Marketplace recently that could have been tempting is uh, iMac. Purple iMac. Yeah, I saw that. 120 bucks. The only thing is they said it'll turn on but doesn't boot up properly. But there's maybe there's something minor, but I don't. I've got. That issue is a standard ID hard drive. Now I've got Commodore 64, VZ300, plus two Amigas. I'm, I'm, I think I'm hitting you, my you, saturation point. You need to build a shed so you can have a man cave. Yeah, that's the next move. It'd be great. There's enough room out the backyard. Or to stop using your garage, one or two. Yeah, put a carport up. Out I have friends who did that. The garage just full of crap, and they have to park outside. Yep. Too often. Coles. Did you hear about this? I've heard about Coles. Yeah, yeah. I've been shopping there for like years, man. Coles blame for technical glitch for forced shutdown of registers. 
Oh. So, oh, this was on um, like Thursday last week. Coles supermarkets were, nat- were nationally hit with uh, when the company described it as a technical issue last Friday. The unidentified glitch forced customers to abandon their shopping trolleys and supermarket giant was unable to process any transactions at the checkout. Coles Express and Coles liquor stores, however, remained open for trade. Um, the retailer looked at, later took to Twitter to confirm the glitch and resolve the stores had reopened. Um, <clears throat> basically, they were shut for a couple of hours. And I went in to get some gift cards. <laughs> Actually, ironically, for we're going a special at work, you buy something, you get a gift card. So yeah. I went in there to get a gift card, and um, and I couldn't. Yeah, they they literally had to shut the doors. Like it was so weird that you know. I think it started at like two o'clock in the afternoon, and they reopened at five or six. So they lost a lot of trade. Um, we had but, something like that happen at our calls, and somebody from Woolies up the road came down who worked there and had a big sign. They walking out in front of Coles. Come up to Woolies. We got air conditioning. We got lights. We got power. Everything. And they had to get all their stuff to kick them off the property. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean that's that's a lot of loss of trade. But it's interesting that it was actually their point of sale. It wasn't their FPOS. Normally, you know, FPOS is the thing that goes down. But um, always slow. Their entire point of sale system just collapsed, and you can't do anything with it. You can't even pay cash because obviously you can't ring the item up in the first place. So. Jeez. I don't know how much it cost them, but it will cost them a fair bit. I'm pretty sure. So you're saying it really was a POS? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I just thought that was interesting. That it's good to see that even major retailers have issues like that. And we have them at work all the time. But the good thing about being a small business is if it happens, we can just do manual overrides and everything and be done with it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not a big deal. You got a clickety clacker? No, they're illegal now. What? Yeah, the manual, the manual hard hard card readers. They're they're yeah. illegal. Yeah. Oh. That's, that's so if, if your card reader goes down, you're just like, well, everything's free, guys. If you can't do, can't man- do yeah, if you can't do manual entry, um, you tell them to go over the road to the ATM and get cash out. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, any you're not allowed to store any unencrypted credit card information. Oh. Um, so you can't. Like, we we have... everyone used to have those pieces of carbon paper in between. They throw them in the bin, and somebody yeah. can fish it out and go, I got all the credit card details. That's right. The um, um, but yeah, getting back to that Coles thing, they they tried to do. I think the Coles Liquorland thing decided that hey, we're going to offer like triple flybys or something for the next week or whatever it was, and then the Coles stores had like free delivery, but you had to prove that you were there when the thing didn't work, which you can't because you were there when the thing didn't work and there's no proof you were there. So that must I... be why when, when <laughs> I decided to use Coles delivery last week and I couldn't get a delivery spot because as soon as I logged on, they're That's like, probably why. here's a list of the available <laughs> delivery times. These two are grayed out, so you can't use them. I clicked on this one. No, that's gone. Next, gone, 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 gone. And there was like 20 of them and I was like, well, I guess I'm just not going to get it from there. That's so I went to Woolies. Probably, and... probably when it happened, yeah, everything collapsed. <laughs> well, it's funny you should mention that because Woolworth speeds up online grocery orders with automated fulfillment technology. There you go. Mm, the technology is expected to help dispatch five times the online order volume of standard Woolworth sites. Um, it's deployed its first micro-automation technology in the e-commerce facility located at the back of its existing Melbourne-based Calm Down supermarket. So basically, they're turning into Amazon. <laughs> Oh, right. Pick the, up your stuff and just walk out, and it goes ka-ching. Um, yeah, I basically, like they, they got um, go. their own fulfillment center, basically. Um, which, I mean, it's not that unusual for like 
a lot of American supermarkets and a lot of other you know other countries have had this sort of thing, but it's new for us. I mean, well, then again, we've only had home delivery for twelve months, so I mean, it's <laughs> and yet we've had chip and pin more sooner than everybody else in the world practically. Yeah, I, I know, right? Go figure. But um, apparently, they're going to be doing. They're starting three trial sites. Carum Downs is the first one. The other two sites, one will be in Auckland and uh, Christchurch, um, and then. Because that's how scale works. One does all of Australia and two do New Zealand. That that's <laughs> <laughs> Yep, that's that sounds about right. So that's gonna work flawlessly. Great idea. <laughs> um But yeah, obviously because online orders are going nuts at the moment, so they had to do something, but they reckon they're investing about eight hundred million dollars um to make it happen, so they contributed to the company's total group sales of sixty four billion, which grew eight percent in the last financial year, which is not nice. surprising. Um, they're on total group online sales. So their entire company grew by uh, 8%, so which is $60 million. The online sales portion grew by 42% to $3.5 So it nearly doubled. So, yeah, <laughs> they're definitely going nuts online. Not that yeah. I mean I don't use them. I only use real shops, but... It's yep. um, it's interesting as someone like, I mean, I guess they're not the first to do it because Kogan and Amazon they have fulfillment centers, I guess, but they're the first, I guess, what you would call a retailer, yeah. um, to do it, which She's is surprising. I would honestly have expected like Harvey Norman or JB or someone <laughs> to be on that first, but um, yeah. but not apparently. Um, you got any more? That's it for me. One more quick one. Um, this is just a uh, nothing like having one last quickie. Austrac gives afterpay an all clear following an anti money laundering investigation. Um, I see. So basically, afterpay, um, which in you know, uh, depending on which story you read, also included zip pay and a few of the others as well. But basically, the Australian Transaction Reports and Analysis Centre or Austrac announced on Wednesday it has concluded the investigation into Afterpay having decided it will not pursue any further regulatory action. Um, they offered an independent auditor for Afterpay Australia's operations, um, basically saying that they failed to comply with the Anti-Money Laundering and Counter-Terrorism Financing Act. Um, and they said, no, that's fine, don't worry about it. It came about, basically, same as ZipPay was in this as well, and um, a couple of the... Uh, online instant loan people basically because you you literally just needed to provide like two pay slips and a driver's license and that was to get like a loan but like zip pay and after pay you didn't even need to do that all you had to do was link your bank account to it and that was it you could apply and get (laughs) like two thousand dollars credit straight up so they're basically saying well look you didn't do enough to confirm that these people aren't using it to buy bombs and stuff so um, no, your customer. Yeah, but then they they went. Well, hang on. If that's the case, then you've got to ping PayPal. You've got to ping, you know, all these other ones because they're doing exactly the same thing. And I think in the end of this one, now whatever. <laughs> Too much trouble. So, because apparently um, they're saying that um, Westpac, uh, the the follow up to the Westpac one last month. They reached an agreement that Westpac was to settle their anti-money laundering and counter-terrorism financing allegations that were raised were proven to be true. 
And should the federal court accept the penalty, the bank will be forced to pay $13 billion for breaching the rule. How much do they, they make bre- they, they breached it over 23 million times, apparently. But the funny, th- the dumbasses at Westpac admitted to it, <laughs> which included failing to report international fund transfer for... I love this one. It failed to include international funds transfers... Of values more than eleven billion dollars. Whoops! So okay, every- <laughs> sometimes you just forget these things. It was a Friday afternoon; they're ready to go on a holiday. But it's not the bank transferring eleven million dollars. That's some dude in Australia transferring eleven billion dollars to some company overseas multiple times. <laughs> the fact that eleven billion dollars is a like. If you if you if you transferred ten billion nine hundred ninety nine million dollars, you'd be okay. But you transfer eleven billion dollars, and you're screwed. That's it. <laughs> he he stuffed himself, didn't he? Who decided that was the figure they're going to use? He should have known better. <laughs> it's like when they say, oh, "If if we see they've bought the whole cash reporting thing, and now if somebody pays more than two thousand dollars cash, you're supposed to report them. You're supposed to report and document it." Does that include the casino? Yeah, anything. If somebody hands more than $2,000 in cash, you're supposed to report be it. In, you ever been to Sydney's casino or the well, Crown people casino. walking around with huge wadges of cash like this? Yeah, well, the Crown Casino, same thing. Yeah. But that, and that applies to everybody. Like we're, at work, we're supposed to do it. You get a farmer comes in and buys $20,000 worth of batteries for their solar system because their system died that morning. They literally dig under their mattress, pull out 20 grand, come in, buy batteries and go back and install the batteries. Like, yeah. it's not... So we're not going to bother reporting it. it like, <laughs> you know, we know exactly where it's come from. It's come from the farmer who needs the stuff he's just bought. You know, it's just, it's supposed to stop money laundering, but it doesn't because the people who are laundering money aren't going to come in and buy a product worth the money they've just given you. <laughs> They're going to go to a pokey machine, put in $10,000 with an acceptable 25% loss and pull out 7500 You know, they put in ten grand, pull out seven and a half. Grand, because there's a seventy. Actually, no, it's more than that. In Queensland, um, pokies actually have to pay at eighty five percent. So, if you want to money launder through pokies, you can expect no a fifteen percent loss is is the maximum you're going to get for money laundering through pokies. Those those fifty guys who come in here with a lot of money and put through our machines every Monday at nine o'clock. Yeah, fine. Exactly, and. I mean, having worked in the, the gaming rooms, I can guarantee that's exactly what happens. Yeah, You get people come in, the dinner rush on a Saturday night, everybody's left by 9 at 9.05, 14 people walk in, the same 14 walk in every week, the same 14 walk in with $10,000, the same amount of money every week, they put it through the pokies, they run until they've hit their 85% quota, then they go home. Yep. It's like it's, me- it's mechanical clockwork every week. <laughs> it's exactly they play the same machine. They play the same. You know, you put doesn't your, sound dodgy at all. No, you put your twenty dollar note. You know, twenty dollar notes until you hit your hundred dollar limit. You play your twenty five by ten credits. You run it down in about ten presses. You put your money in again, and because it pays out eighty five percent, they know they're going to lose. They put their you thousand know, dollars, two thousand, five thousand, however much they put through it. They know that they're going to receive eighty five percent of that back, which is perfectly acceptable when the money's been gathered by mischievous means. Anyway, <laughs> that was very fifteen percent is not a big deal at the end of it all to have clean yeah. money. So, you know, this whole reporting cash 
thing is you don't think the venue is going to be no we don't want you coming in here giving us 15 percent of your money every single week that's a terrible idea well yeah that's it well actually the venue doesn't get that the venue ends up after all taxes and government payments and everything the venue ends up with about three percent of pokey revenue uh mostly goes to tax pretty much all goes in to the government yeah <laughs> So they wouldn't want it then. No, no, they, they, they're, they're definitely going to crack down on that. So it doesn't That's why happen. they shut down all the pokies <laughs> in the restaurants and taverns and what have you. So, well, it was funny because New South Wales, up until very recently, wouldn't allow pokies um, in the same venue as uh, where meals are served. So if you served a counter meal in a pub, you couldn't have pokies in that in that pub ah. you could serve counter meals outside in the beer garden but you couldn't serve them inside and have pokies so inside. that's why they got beer gardens yeah, yeah it was really weird. <laughs> now it all makes sense but now then they finally got rid of that and they saw and then they've changed that but like up here recently introduced it that you can't actively advertise pokies um specifically like you can have a sign up saying you know, gaming, pokies, um, TAB, like to inform people what there is, but you can't specifically say we have this one, we have this one. So you can't attract people to their favorite pokey machine. You yeah. can't have pokies accessible um, in the same room as a bar. So you'll notice all pokey rooms now have got a screen or a bit of mesh up between the pokey machines and the bar because technically it's a separate that room. That fixes it. <laughs> and you can't see an ATM from the Pokemon. Yeah, they put it on the other side of the building out, out in the hallway. Or they'll literally put I it around the corner. I wonder why that was. <laughs> so, I, went, I went when I was on holidays last time and I was like, I need to get some money out. Can you show me where that is? They're like, we have to walk you around the other side of the building yeah. outside. Yeah. I'm like, wait, I you can't you can't you're not allowed to see the poke well there's two things you're not allowed to see the atm from the pokey room so it can't be in a line of sight and you're not allowed to see the pokey room from the entrance to the premises oh. so once again you see these bamboo screens up to, to stop. <laughs> but some of the rules i come up with are just like absolutely ridiculous i'll tell you what <laughs> it's so bizarre brett's got another story for you yeah he's just saying that he lived in, in uh, new south wales and um yeah, had a baby in, in a pram. Um, and what? Yeah, they had to move because the... Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because it was a... Um, the baby was yeah, in the gambling yeah. area by one inch. Yeah, that's right. The, you, can't, you can't have a minor in... Even under parental supervision, you can't have a minor in the gaming room. Yeah. So, you see, it was funny. At the Nala Hotel, the layout they had, they had like two pokies and then they had like this dividing wall which is a bit of bamboo but they used to put the prams on that side of the wall and they'd sit there rocking the pram on that side of the wall and they're playing the pokies <laughs> on this can side reach through. <laughs> that'll stop the babies um, gambling away all their money so stupid you can tell the people who write the rules never actually do anything in relation to the rules like the person who wrote those rules probably never set foot in a pub or a club in their entire Smoke life and mirrors, son. so it's dumb but that's why when a pub sells like a pokey machine, there's only a limit. Well, in Queensland, there's a limited number of pokey licenses at any one time in the state. So you can't purchase new licenses once they hit a certain amount, regardless of how big your venue is. And a lot of venues have downsized their pokies, but they're hanging on to their old licenses. 
So they might have 50 licenses, but only 20 pokies. But what that means is if they ever sell, and licenses can go for $100,000 each. So they might have this little pokey pub in the middle of nowhere that makes absolutely no revenue, but the place is valued at $25 million because they're hanging on to 100 pokey tickets, even though they've only got three pokies in the room. Because that's where all the money is. I wonder if that's why in our town the uh, golf club and the RSL club merged together. So they come out of amalgam out of their licenses. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's such a start to make sense. Such a fickle industry. Sounds like madness. Yet there's method in it. Mm, Not a lot. Not much. (laughs) Thanks for listening (laughs) to the Aussie Tech Edge Show podcast weekly we can be found at facebook.com slash aussie tech heads twitter.com slash aussie tech heads and youtube.com slash aussie tech heads also now patreon.com slash aussie tech heads sign up for four dollars a month ten dollars a month or from several other tiers see the site for details and coffee.com ko-fi.com slash aussie tech heads make a one-off donation of any size email us glenn will warlock at aussie tech heads.com.au you can hear Aussie Tech Heads on AussieTechRadio.com, 24-7 back-to-back play of some of the best tech-related shows from around Australia and New Zealand. New shows are added each Friday. See you next time. Bye. Bye.